It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I love 40s. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 632 of Locked on Raptors for uh, Thursday, January 2nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked on Raptors, where we have links to all the episodes of the podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. Really glad to have you back for the first episode of 2020 of the podcast. Before we get going here, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review all of the uh, different Locked On shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, from the hockey to the baseball to the basketball, football, college networks, all of it. Make sure if you're, there's a team out there that you like, there's most likely a show that is covering that team, so please make sure you're subscribing and all that good stuff to help us out. It's very much appreciated. All right, on today's show... Uh, this is going to be one of our more fun and probably wacky episodes, but that's cool. Uh, you may have recalled from me last year on the podcast talking about how I spent most of the year watching RuPaul's Drag Race from start to finish. We found it and sort of began watching it, I think, in like March, and my fiance and I plowed through pretty much every season. We're almost done the last All-Star season right now, and it's just been a phenomenon in my house, at least, and I know it's kind of picked up a wave since it's gone on all the streaming services and stuff like that as well over the last little while here. And through that, it's become... The thing that I love about RuPaul's Drag Race is, I mean, there's lots of things I love about it, but, like, the sports element of it makes it so accessible to a sports-poisoned sports person like me, and it's just, it's really easy to draw, like, sports to RuPaul's Drag Race comparisons, and that's a really fun thing. And so, the genesis of this podcast came last week, when I was at the Paramount Fine Food Center doing play-by-play for Raptors 905 against the Greensboro Swarm, and before the game, myself and one of our guests today were standing courtside watching Devin Robinson warm up, and were taken aback by the length of his legs. And I think I turned to this guest and said, hey, he looks like Naomi Smalls. And then that turned into a week of just a, a DM that is one of my favorite DMs of all time with myself and today's guest, one of our two guests, going back and forth sharing RuPaul's Drag Race and Raptors and NBA player comparisons, and we decided to turn it into a podcast. So joining me on today's show for this very fun episode is, uh, first off, that guest that I talked about, the person who was there when the genesis of the idea happened. It's Kelsey O'Brien. Kelsey, what's up? Not much. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm so excited to get going here, (laughs) and uh, very glad you're here with us. And joining us as well, a very exciting first-time guest on the show, the, I guess, the only NBA drag queen, the only, or the the, at least the the preeminent one, it's Coco Baskets. Coco, how are you? I'm doing great, Sean. Thank you for having me. Uh, Yeah, I've done a lot of research. I've looked around the internet. (laughs) I have not found a drag sister who does any kind of sporty things like me. So it's 
it's a little lonely being this niche, but uh, I'm really happy to be here, and uh, I think you found the right queen for the job, Sean. I'm really, really happy you're here, and I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, we talk a lot of niche stuff on this podcast, so you'll fit right in. Uh, <laughs> and so Perfect. how we're going to do this episode is we're going to run through the Raptors roster first. I think like the first 11 or so guys, maybe Nick Nurse as well. And we're going to run through the Raptors roster. And I'm just going to go around the horn and we'll just sort of throw out who our Drag Race comparisons are. And if you haven't seen Drag Race, you know, this might kind of go over your head a little bit. But go watch all the seasons and then come back and listen to the episode. Uh, and if you have watched it, this is just for you. So we're going to go through the Raptors roster. We're going to go around the horn. We're going to give our arguments for who, which Raptor is each drag queen. And then at the end, we'll do a little bit of a rapid fire. I've come up with a bunch of non-Raptors players who I think have very clear and obvious comps in the drag race world. And so we're going to get to that as well. Are you two ready to get rolling here? I have been ready for like a week. (laughs) (laughs) I've been ready all my life for this. I'm so excited. Uh, Before we get to the Raptors roster, I want to tell everybody about my bookie. Are you the type of fan that knows football or basketball so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, the NBA, the start of the college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants you to get your mind off everything else and get back on the game. If you join right now, my bookie's going to match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra free $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA, all one word. To take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer, visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Kelsey, Coco, let's get into this thing and let's begin with the Toronto Raptors roster. I'll pull up my list here. I have, I don't really have an order to this. I just kind of wrote it down in the order in which I thought of the comps. But let's start with Kyle Lowry. He was one of the guys that Kelsey and I kind of fixated on originally in our original DM. Um, But I'll throw this to Coco first. Coco, which Drag Race alum is most like Kyle Lowry, do you think? Okay, well, for this one, uh, I, for this one, some people might find this controversial. Uh, When I first watched this queen, uh, I didn't find her to be very likable. But then, as I got thinking about this, I started to realize that, you know, whenever I check the Twitter feeds after a Raptors win and see fans from other teams, they tend to not like Kyle Lowry all so much to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, the queen that I've chosen was Trinity the Tuck. Okay. Uh, Kyle Lowry... He's not somebody who pads stats. Trinity doesn't pad her hips. Um, so that's just to start. To be fair, Kyle doesn't need to pad his hips either, but that's uh, 
that's another conversation. <laughs> um, yes, uh, so Indra, Tucky refers to, I guess, suppose the expert ball movement that these queens have to do <laughs> to uh, hide the bulge, let's just say. Mm-hmm. And uh, Trinity has actually made this into an art form. So when I look at Kyle Lowry, this is somebody who's been an assists leader these last 10 years uh, and who knows a thing or two about facilitating and, and being a playmaker that way. Um, I think another reason why Trinity of the Tuck made a lot of sense for me is regardless of your orientation, whether you are passively or actively looking, Kyle Lowry's booty is just unignorable. <laughs> there are plenty of memes out there that, that I'm sure anybody has seen. Uh, the, the booty shorts meme, the uh, that one where he's just sort of lying down in, in that way that just screams for attention. <laughs> um, Trinity of the Tuck is just... Is she's an ass queen, and that's what it comes down to. So, uh, Trinity is also, when it comes to her work, she was a, a finalist on season nine. Um, she didn't quite make it over the top, and mm-hmm. I think that uh, a lot of people had a lot of doubts about her heading into her return in All Stars. But then, uh, coming back into All Stars, she proved that she really had what it takes, and she was, um, I guess, no spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't seen it. But um, she really proved herself in the most recent season of All-Stars. I think you could also, yes. to go on to the Trinity point, sorry Kelsey, but I, I think the season 9 was the first season where they did the, the final four lip sync, am I correct? Yes, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, and so Trinity in that, I found, I didn't so much, it was a lot like Kyle Lowry in the playoffs against like LeBron James, where when you're in that knockout situation... It wasn't really Trinity's fault that she lost. I mean, it was Peppermint, who was a lip-sync assassin, and Shea Coulee and Sasha Velour, who were all just incredible, incredible queens. And it wasn't so much that Trinity wasn't up to the task, it's just that she wasn't LeBron James. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Kelsey, you had another, <laughs> another thing you wanted to say? Um, I... I had a different comparison for Kyle Lowry, but I appreciate where Coco's coming from with the uh, Trinity the Tuck comparison. Mm-hmm. That is much more thought out than mine would have been. <laughs> Which one's yours, though? Mine's Shangela. Yes. Oh. Of course, because no one believed in Shangela in the beginning. She was gone almost immediately, but she kept coming back and she kept perfecting her craft. And now she's an all-star. She's a superstar. And she just, the way that she does things is like Kyle Lowry. I was thinking, I said to Sean, actually, I said, when he got that ticky tacky foul the other night, Kyle, I thought of Shangela's monologue. And I said, that wasn't a foul. If I wanted to foul, best believe I could foul because I am what? Sickening. And I was... (laughs) Shantla's attitude and Kyle's attitude are just absolutely identical. <laughs> I I like the Shangela comparison as well. Uh, you know, the sort of progression from unrefined, kind of uncoachable, into just like a fully realized star that is now beginning, I think, to pick up acclaim and fan favorite status. You know, Kyle, I think, with winning the title last season is kind of become that also Shangela deserved to win the all-stars title whatever season she was on if I recall um I think it was kind of a a dumb finish to that but 
the just like the progression in the in the eyes and the reputation of people i think definitely mirrors but i think i have to go with trinity as the actual answer here the way you just laid it out there coco is is pretty perfect <laughs> let's move on to the next player i'll say again i don't really have an order on this let's go og ananobi kelsey we'll start with you here oh og ananobi hmm uh, maybe Shea Coulee. Okay. Explain yourself. Because the Shea Coulee was robbed in her season. She was so talented. And it's just the players that she had to go up against and the players she had to compete with. And that's OG. I mean, if he hadn't been injured and then got appendicitis and missed all these games, he would have been right up there in the um, uh, most improved conversation, I believe. But... When you're taking a backseat to someone like Pascal Siakam, you're not really going to come out on top, just like Shea. Mm. Okay. Uh, Coco, do you have uh, an OG comparison? Uh, well, first of all, I'll say I can definitely see that the Shea comparison. Shea's a, a very powerful queen. Um, definitely not someone who you want to go one-on-one against. But my uh, answer is actually somebody else who was a finalist, a finalist in Season 10, also someone who you would never want to go one-on-one against in a lip sync. Um, my answer is Cameron Michaels. Cameron Michaels mm-hmm. is known as being a muscle queen, a very athletic body, uh, does flips and cartwheels and all sorts of athletic things on the, the stage. And it, honestly, if I were to choose a starting five of drag queens to actually play basketball with, like let's put the heels aside and hit the basketball court, Cameron Michaels would be one of them. Just has a basketball body, let me tell you. But uh, Cameron was also known in season 10 for being the quiet one. She called herself the quiet one Mm -hmm. and always sort of carried herself with this quiet confidence that I see a lot in OG Ananobi. Um, OG is somebody who you don't want to go up against one-on-one if he's defending you on defense. You don't want to have to face Cameron Michaels in a lip sync because she's going to bust out all of these tricks and you're going to be left there looking a little silly. So that's why I chose Cameron. Um, Cameron is uh, just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's why I chose Cameron. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good one. And, like, I'm thinking of, like, the Instagram posts for the, from their actor's account with, like, OG dunking and being all, like, glistening and muscly. That's extremely Cameron Michael shit. Uh, I, I like that a lot. My comparison, I went to Drag Race UK for this one, obviously. Uh, I said Blue Hydrangea because kind of quiet and understated, not quite fully developed, a little bit raw, still a lot of growth to do, but quietly and sneakily maybe the shadiest in the room and can probably drop shade better than anybody else. And so that's why I went with Blue Hydrangea. Obviously the UK connection as well. I know uh, Blue Hydrangea is from Ireland and not technically from England, but... It's all the same. It's all UK. It's all across the pond. So that was my comparison for OG. Um, I, I don't know who to decide between the three here. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna determine a winner here. This isn't actually drag race. We're just offering our opinions. So no one wins this round, uh, <laughs> and we'll go on to the next player. All right, let's go to Serge Ibaka. Uh, Coco, we'll start with you. I uh, I had to think about this one a lot, but. What I came down to here, um, I'm taking a look at my notes, and I just have three words written here. Uh-huh. Uh, so first of all, I'll tell you, the, the drag queen 
who I chose for this was Bob the Drag Queen. Okay. And my three words I have written down are big dick energy. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, (laughs) Bob the Drag Queen is a comedian well-liked by fans, uh, just an amazing personality, and I think that Serge Ibaka is the kind of personality that kind of uh, transcends his sport. People follow him just for his work on How Hungry Are You? Uh, They love just him as a as a personality, as somebody who is active in the community. Um, Bob the Drag Queen has a look where if you see them in public, you're going to say, I don't know who this person is, but they're famous. And I think that Serge Ibaka has that kind of energy, too. I like that a lot. Kelsey, what is I, your I rebuttal? I had Valentina. Okay. From the very, very beginning, and I'll tell you why. So... Valentina, you know, she lived her French vanilla fantasy, she called it, where she was just in her own world all the time. And she didn't ever think that she should be in the bottom, and she didn't ever think that she did anything wrong. And that's kind of how I feel Serge plays basketball. <laughs> like, when he's taking shots that he has no business taking. And he's got, like, these major butterfingers, but he's like, but everyone's still like, you're perfect, you're gorgeous, you look like <laughs> Linda Evangelista. Like, Serge is my Valentina. That's a really in good one. In the best way possible. That's a really good one. I have uh, a Bob the Drag Queen and Valentina for non-Raptors players, but I'm questioning my comparisons that I've come up with because those are both very good arguments you've just thrown out. Uh, I'm going to credit my fiance Alana, for this one. Uh, RuPaul is Serge Ibaka. There, there's, a lot, like, there's a lot of comparisons here. First, both very good at hosting reality television. Uh, I think the way RuPaul was sort of a trailblazer for drag queens and drag in general, Abaka has been that for players from Africa. I think they look good in anything. I'm pretty sure Serge has some of RuPaul's suits and has worn them on various <laughs> things and red carpets. Um, both look extremely good, completely bald. And both just kind of carry this energy, like, yeah, I'm the best-looking person in the room. I feel like at age 59, Serge is going to look the way RuPaul does at age 59. You know what I mean? And so that's my explanation for that. I know maybe there's probably more, like, star players out there who might uh, more sort of directly relate to RuPaul and her individual stardom. But I, I kind of think it's it's Serge for me just by the just the way Serge carries himself. It's a very RuPaul energy. Uh, yeah, that's that big dick energy I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean when I say that, though? It's, it's like, uh, this person is so sure with themselves when they enter a room. And, and I do see what you mean about RuPaul. Actually, I have RuPaul for a different comparison that we can we can bring up later. Okay. Like, but uh, but I, I like it. Excellent. Uh, let's move on to uh, Chris Boucher. This is one that I did not have uh, an easy comparison for until listener Daniel jumped in the mentions last night of the tweet that I sent out promoting this podcast um, and just sort of threw out the idea of who's Chris Boucher with that sort of chaotic energy that you know you're not really sure what to expect it's kind of highs and lows but ultimately you love him and it's a fan favorite so my pick for Chris Boucher is Adore Delano just like kind of a mess but usually pulls it out and is pretty damn entertaining in the process Let's go to Kelsey, though. Where, where, where do you have Chris Boucher? I have a door for someone else. Okay. I'm not going to say who yet. Spoiler alert. 
But I have, um, for Chris Boucher, I have Brooklyn Heights, our only Canadian drag queen. <laughs> and not, not just because they're both Canadian, but they're both quiet, mm-hmm. and they both have this skill set that you would not know existed until they're given the opportunity to show it. Like, Brooklyn was always quiet and kind of reserved, and then I think it was the acting challenge where she had to be, like, naked in the trailer park. Right. And that's Chris Boucher when you give him a minute or two on the court. <laughs> He is naked in the trailer park with his leg behind his head. Coco, do you I have a, a response to that? <laughs> yeah, wow. Um, I, you know, I wanted to give it to Brooklyn because of the Canadian connection. I think, uh, for, for me, Brooklyn is such a superstar. I'm not sure if I could quite put Chris Boucher on that superstar level yet. So, uh, who I said personally was Lagrange Strange. Oh! <laughs> yes. So... <laughs> Here's the thing, Laganja enters season six piping hot, does a death drop right off the bat, makes an immediate impact, and then out as quick as she came. <laughs> Almost. Um, also, there's, there's the rolling R's connection, you know, uh, like, <laughs> this is a, a bit of a stretch perhaps, but Chris Boucher is French, and as Jack says, bonjour! <laughs> uh, well, of course, Laganja says, oh, <laughs> you know really only in her season in season six for a few episodes um placed eighth however had so many memes come out of her mm-hmm. time so i sort of uh, envision her time on drag race as you know maybe a 12 minutes in the game with two blocks a maid three and you know uh, a dunk on someone's head and one with the maid free throw conversion so um just comes in performs piping hot and then leaves you wanting more that's extremely good man uh i feel underprepared now because all of your answers are just so (laughs) damn good (laughs) um i i could definitely see chris boucher both being the most likely player to do a death drop on the floor and then also being the most likely to uh like put his head legs above his head while going for like an offensive rebound you know what i mean like (laughs) I feel like him in ballet would be a bit of a chaotic thing, but he might have the the dexterity to pull it off uh, the way Brooklyn Heights did. Both good answers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's move on to, hmm, okay, the other guy who I think might do a death drop, but it would be like accidental, is Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Uh, Coco, let's start with you. Who is your Rondé comp? Oh, Sean, I'm so glad you started with me for Rondé Hollis Jefferson. So... (laughs) I feel like Rondé Hollis Jefferson is already a bit of like a hipster NBA fan's favorite kind of player. Okay. Um, and I feel like I have a really hipster RuPaul's Drag Race pick for this. Uh, from season four, I've got Dita Ritz. Oh. Dita Ritz is a solid four-tool queen. She's got a little bit of that creativity, a little bit of that uniqueness, a little bit of nerve, a little bit of talent. 
but never won a challenge or even was in the top three in any challenge. She uh, is actually the highest placing queen to never do so. I did a little research on this. <laughs> um, so she was always like doing just enough to make it on to the next week again and again and again. And a very solid player. You can rely on her to stomp down that runway with that confidence and just carry on and, and, and be there for you. Um, you know, a, a solid four-tool queen's got a little bit of that uh, creativity, a little bit of uniqueness, a little bit of nerve, a little bit of talent. Um, was never expected to be a superstar or to win it all, but it was a survivor and, and uh, had very solid performances without ever being a standout throughout the entire show. That's a that's a really good one. I, I Dieter Ritz is not someone I even thought about, uh, which I guess is is very much to your point. Uh, Kelsey, who do you have for uh, Ronde? So for Ronde, same season, different um, different competitor, same animal, different beast. But I had Willem. Oh. Because <laughs> everything that Willem does is hilarious and fun. But there's kind of like, they're kind of just there to be hilarious and fun. There's not really like a lot that they contribute mm-hmm. other than being hilarious and fun. And Ronde kind of gives you that like five minutes of fun every night that Willem would give you too. But I would not like, if it was coming down to the finals and someone had to go one-on-one against LeBron or Kawhi, I would not be choosing Willem or Ronde Hollis-Jefferson to do so. <laughs> I like that. Uh, my Ronde comparison was Vanjie because, like, look, fan favorite, kind of one note in that Vanjie is just general Vanjie, and that's kind of her one note, and then Ronde is just kind of like chaotic energy that he can't really ever, you know, hone in or, or polish off, it's, and that's just, that's part of the charm. Also, I think Ronde, or sorry, Vanjie is the most likely drag queen to have said the phrase, I'm not your child at some point. And so <laughs> that's why uh, that's why I ultimately landed on Vanjie for Ronde Hollis Jefferson. Let's continue on here. The next queen or next raptor we're going to go to. Let's go Pascal Siakam, and uh, we'll start with Kelsey for this one. Pascal Siakam is Sasha Velour. Yep. <laughs> and because everything that Pascal does turns the ball, like okay. Like, they're cool, they have great eyebrows, but they're kind of boring, what can they do? And then they did everything. And you were like, this is like, there was no competition really on that season. It was Sasha's show. And that's just like this year's roster. It's the Pascal show. Everyone else is just there for fillers and storylines. I am with you. I also said Sasha Velour was Pascal Siakam because of just sort of like the the meteoric rise from... Sort of unassuming earlier on and, and kind of, you know, there but not there and kind of overshadowed, I think, by Shea Coulee in the early episodes of, of season nine. And then as you go along, you're like, damn, Sasha's pretty damn awesome. And then by the time you get to the final and, and the, the knockout uh, lip sync at the end, she just like completely wipes the floor with everybody, pulls fucking rose petals out of her hat, and it's just like, oh, wow. And that's kind of... What's what we're seeing this season with Pascal Siakam? I think like this is his pulling rose petals out of his hat season, and so that is, I think, a perfect comparison. Coco, do you have uh, a different response? Uh, well, I'll start by saying I do love Sasha Velour. Sasha is 
one of the reasons why I got into drag personally. Um, however, I did choose Sasha for a different, a different player comp and a non-Raptor. Uh, but what I will say is for Pascal Siakam, I have Evie Oddly. Okay. So, oh, okay. winner of season 11. Um, she's also just a incredibly talented, a four-tool queen, the epitome of creativity, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. But yeah, and as the most recent winner, Evie, there's still a lot to discover and what she will become as a superstar. Mm. Um you know, because as a drag career, your life doesn't end after you've you've competed on Drag Race. Is still, what do you do with this newfound fame? And I think we're we're still learning that with Pascal Siakam. There's also something about their body types that I want to get into because <laughs> Evie Oddly, she has um, this syndrome. I, I forget what it's called, uh, but it's it produces like a lack of collagen in her body that makes her super and hyper flexible. And she's already a bit of a a very tall and lanky queen, so she comes out and she has this very distinctive, uh, gangly, unpredictable way of moving, and I wouldn't necessarily use the word gangly for Pascal, but he's so lengthy and so quick and so creative with his movement that he'll find himself in trapped below the basket and somehow move and contort his body in a way where he gets just enough separation and space with his long arms to get a layup in or get the get the ball in and it's um there's just something about their quality of movement that's that screams idiotically to me that's a really good pick i think we both all, all three of us kind of landed on the right type of queen for pascal in that like sasha velour and evie oddly are so individually unique and not easily replicated and never will be replicated but they're always going to be two queens who, in the future, and the same with Pascal Siakam, it's going to be, oh, who's the next Sasha Velour? Who's the next Evie Oddly? Who's the next Pascal Siakam? And you're never going to find them. That's just not something that exists. So I, I think we both, or all three of us, hit, hit the nail on the head here with just sort of the the uniqueness element for both Siakam and, and, and Evie Oddly and Sasha Velour. So good job by all of us. I'm going to give us all a round of applause there. Uh, <laughs> next up... <laughs> Next up, let's go with uh, Marcus Saul. This is a, I had a lot of trouble with Marcus Saul. Uh, Coco, we'll start with you. Okay, I'm pretty happy with this player comp for Marcus Saul. I have Nina West. Okay. Okay. So Nina West was already a very established queen before ever competing on RuPaul's Drag Race. Had won drag competitions. Um, had was a professional queen for close to 20 years before ever joining the show. So when I think of it in, in that context, Marcus Saul, already a very successful basketball player before joining the Raptors. Um, when Nina did join the show, though, she sort of became more of a facilitator. She helped out a lot of the younger queens. She sort of took on a bit of a drag mom role with some of them. And uh, I think of one episode in particular where she teamed up with Brooklyn Heights, and she actually took a step back and allowed Brooklyn Heights to take the spotlight and take the role that Brooklyn wanted. So I see someone like Marcus Saul, someone who is a former Defensive Player of the Year, who's won, um, who's been an all-star and has made it far with the, the Memphis Grizzlies before, joining the Raptors and, and willing to take on a role where he's not expected to score as much, not expected to uh, be a primary guy, but who's going to facilitate and going to be taking on a leadership role. Damn. 
I I'm changing. I just I don't believe in my conviction of my pick anymore because <laughs> right? uh, that was really really <laughs> damn like, well thought out. <laughs> like also, Nina West seems like the most likely drag queen to go out on a boat and uh, rescue people who are trying to uh, defect, and that like that seems like a very Nina West thing to do. Just kind hearted and good. Um, also, I feel like both Nina and Mark probably give really good hugs. So I'm just gonna throw that out. <laughs> That's uh, also a, a, a point in your favor on this argument. Uh, damn. So I I was going to say Asia O'Hara because of the same sort of idea of like the, the older queen sort of, you know, mentoring the youths a little bit. But I don't think Asia O'Hara has the same sort of, you know, connective tissue that Nina West kind of provides. Like Nina West feels like one of the best chemistry picks of anybody. In the, in the drag race universe, uh, Kelsey, do you have uh, a pick uh, to uh, to counteract Nina West for Marc Gasol? I mean, no, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna say. Well, okay, so <laughs> I picked Chad Michaels for Marc Gasol. Okay, and it's because Chad Michaels and Marc Gasol both came in to do exactly what they were there to do, which is Chad Michaels be a share impersonator, Marc Gasol be a veteran defender. And they both did that, but no, like that's no. The um, Nina West is blowing it out of the water. Yeah, it's a that's might be the most dead on pick so far. So congrats on that, Coco. Uh, let's go to the next player. I'm going to say Fred Van Vliet is up next, and uh, Kelsey, we'll start with you. Fred Van Vliet, um, Aquaria. Okay, I have Aquaria for someone else, but do tell. I, uh, Fred Van Vliet very, very much believes in Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> 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 in Aquaria. So, like, you think about, I think about the scene in Untucked where Aquaria is sitting there and they're all kind of, like, going at each other and she's got those things over her eyes and she can't see and she's just, like, <laughs> looking and that's, I feel like that's how Fred is in practice when Coach Nurse says, like, you know, no more iso ball. And Fred's like, what? I can't see. I can't hear you. I don't know where that's coming from. I'm going to drive to the basket. <laughs> That's a really good one. Uh, we'll go over to you, Coco. What do you have? Uh, yeah, I like Aquaria. Um, okay, so for, for this one, I wanted to choose a particular season for this queen uh, because we've seen more from her since, but in particular, season six, Allure... Sorry, well, let me say that again. <laughs> season six, Adore Delano. Mm-hmm. Because Adore was counted out early in that season. Uh, if you recall... Michelle Visage was reading the shit out of Adore, um, just did not appreciate Adore's figure, something that she didn't really have much control over, much like Fred Van Vliet and his stature entering the league, um, kind of counted out. But what uh, Adore did is Adore found some mentorship with Bianca Del Rio, had the little Jedi Padawan thing going on, the same way that Fred Van Vliet found some mentorship with Kyle Lowry. And... Um, they were both able to rely on, you know, creativity and uniqueness to make up for their shortcomings. Um, I think in Fred Van Vliet's case, he's really, like, his ball handling is just incredible and seems to get better and better every year. The, the, the little creative moves that he's able to make to get under the basket and come back out again just to confuse the defense. And you see um, Adora Delano, she relies a lot on her personality, yes, but like, she also had, like, really was able to step up in some of the big moments like the rap challenge and um, show just a side to her that, that no one would have expected. 
uh, in that particular season. Um, now, once you get on to her, her All-Stars later, I, I should hope that, that Fred VanVleet does not go down a similar path of calling it But uh, that's why I'm saying in particular Season 6 of Dora Delano. That's really good. I also, for my Fred comparison, I'm thinking of an individual season when I'm thinking about the, the comparison. But I'm thinking about Fred VanVleet's 2018-19 season and sort of the progression that he went along last year where you know early on he was pretty good but there were some ups and downs there was some questioning of like oh is this guy really cut out to be you know more than just a backup point guard and you know you get to the playoffs and there's like some very real struggles for a while there but then you get to when it's really crunch time and it's like knockout time and it's do or die and Fred starts hitting every three in existence that to me is peppermint in peppermint season, oh. where they sort of b- began a little bit sort of uneven, and it was kind of like in the bottom a couple times. I'm pretty sure, but then by the end, it's pretty established that peppermint is like the lip sync queen to end all lip sync queens, and then gets into that final four and just destroys in that. Did she, well, she was up against Shea Coulee, correct? Am I, am I wrong in saying that? Um, uh, I think it was Trinity the Tuck. Actually. Oh, okay, it was Trinity the Tuck, or, and then Taylor at the time. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, and just treated Trinity as though she was the Milwaukee Bucks, and hit <laughs> fourteen of seventeen threes in that lip sync, and then well, it was just fantastic in the, in the last one as well. And it's not like losing to Sasha Velour is anything to be upset about. Uh, so that's my comparison for Fred VanVleet is Peppermint, also fan favorite. Everyone loves Peppermint. Super nice, super easy to easy to root for. Um, so that's that's where I'm coming from there. We should probably power through the last few here. Terrence Davis. Uh, let's go to Kelsey. Terrence, actually, no, go to Coco first. Oh, Coco. Okay, Coco. Okay, for Terrence Davis, I have another season six queen. I have Trinity K. Bonet. Oh. Um, so Trinity K. Bonet didn't have all the tools up front, as a drag queen, very young, mm-hmm. still as, as a queen entering that season, um, but was just very fearless in high-pressure moments. She sort of became like a, a bit of a lip-sync assassin herself, and I, I don't know, when I'm seeing Terrence Davis early in his career still, I'm seeing somebody who's not shying away from taking that big three or, or not shying away from stepping up, uh, even as a rookie when, when a competitive team like the Raptors needs him the most. Um, there's also a, a bit of that... I guess uh, Jedi Padawan, drag mom, drag daughter thing going on with Trinity K. Bonet in that season. She took on some tutelage from um, Bianca Del Rio. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do see Terrence Davis looking up to the likes of Fred Van Vliet and the other great guards that the Raptors have. Damn, that's better than anything I had. Uh, <laughs> Kelsey, we'll go over to you now. I have Kim Chi for Terrence Davis. Okay. Because I had zero expectations for Terrence Davis or Kim Chi, and they both exceeded every single one of them and became my absolute favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't. Like Kim Chi can't walk in heels. Terrence Davis, Terrence Davis undrafted, and now look at them both. Yeah, and like both very confident in their own abilities as well. Like Kim Chi, yes, like knew she couldn't walk the the runway in any sort of graceful fashion but was so confident in her looks it's kind of like 
the exact same as Terrence Davis knowing exactly how good he is and saying, don't draft me in the second round, I'm going to get myself a contract, and then getting a contract after one summer league game. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm with you there. I think those are both excellent picks. I really couldn't think of something for Terrence Davis. I wrote down Kim Chi because that's what we had in our DM. Um, so I'm just going to let you two uh, carry the day for Terrence Davis because th- th- those are both really good picks. Uh, we will now go to Norman Powell, and we can start with Kelsey on this one. Norman Powell is probably my Alaska. Okay. Because no matter what Norm does, I love, even if he's, like, totally broken down and not really doing much in the same way that Alaska was, like, so in over her head on, like, the first episode of her season. But then she figured it out, and she was a key player in both that season and All-Stars, so. I like it. Coco, what do you have for Norm Powell? For Norm Powell, I have Monet Exchange. Okay. Uh, yeah. So for part of my research into this, I went into the, the RuPaul's Drag Race fandom wiki. <laughs> and what I love about this website is they actually have like the stats on, on these drag queens week to week. So you can go in and see uh, how they placed in each of the competitions throughout the weeks. And looking at uh, season 10 uh, and Monet Exchange's performance for that season, there's a streak here that goes... Um, bottom two, bottom two, high, 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 uh, eliminated. <laughs> so, so when, when I think of one exchange, I see someone who's kind of streaky, who has their ups and their downs, and, um, and uh, I think that's something I've seen a lot in Norm, to be honest. I've seen somebody who uh, will show up and be just unstoppable on the court in some situations in some matchups and then in other matchups it's like where were you today norm <laughs> um but then you know when exchange also returned for all-stars and put together just an incredible dark horse kind of performance uh kind of similar to the way that we see playoff norm emerge from time to time and just rear this uh amazing uh talent that he has I, I like that comparison a lot, and kind of similar thinking goes into my comparison. I said Norm Powell is Eureka, where you know the I'm not entirely sure if I if I like love their game or not. <laughs> I'm sort of hot and cold on them, uh, and I think there's certainly situations in in which both Norm and Eureka really thrive, but also times where you know whatever the challenge might be, maybe their skill set is not totally suited to it. Uh, I also think. You know, Norm and Eureka both have had runs of momentum broken up by injury, which is uh, which oh, is not awesome. And then, yeah, I think that's mostly the injury thing is kind of where I fall in here. And I think maybe their skill sets are a little bit one-dimensional, but man, can they ever do that one or two things they're very, very good at. And I think that's kind of the case for Eureka. So that's where I land there. The last one here on the Raptors is Nick Nurse. And uh, we can start with Kelsey on this one. Sorry, we'll start with Coco on this one. Okay, so I'm pretty proud of myself for this one. <laughs> My uh, comp for Nick Nurse is Alyssa Edwards. Okay. Alyssa Edwards is a walking meme. Um, <laughs> her reactions to things are just gold. Uh, basically, uh, of course, Nick Nurse is more than just a walking meme, but what, what I do love is I, I love watching this guy on the sidelines because he's just so animated and he's so expressive. And uh, I see a lot of that in Alyssa Edwards and, and just the way that, I guess Alyssa's kind of just 
photogenic in that way. But um, on top of that, though, Alyssa is also a choreographer and a dance coach and mm-hmm. has her own spinoff show now where she's teaching uh, dancers to dance and has returned to the show to be a choreographer. So there is a bit of a coaching background in Alyssa's life, too. And um, what really cemented it for me, though, too, was uh, revisiting All-Star Season 2 and taking a look at her in the confessionals, like in the interview portions of that series. And I, I really do implore you both to look it up because I, sw- I shit you not, Alyssa Edwards is wearing like the thick-framed Nick Nurse glasses. And <laughs> and just really made it hit home for me. Like, this is the pick. Hell yeah. Uh, I like that a lot. I not always a huge Alyssa Edwards fan, but I have certainly re- realized the appeal in recent years, and I think that might have been sort of the reaction to the hiring of Nick Nurse, um, where it's like, yeah, okay, I'm not so sure about this, but then you become kind of sure about it as you go along. Uh, and also, Nick Nurse is definitely going to have a Netflix show where he just plays guitar at some point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah, no, I felt the same way about Alyssa Edwards, too. You don't really love her at first. You kind of get annoyed by her, but... She really does warm up to you, um, and um, I think a lot of us felt that way about Nick Nurse too. You know, like we fired Wayne Casey, and we're thinking, oh, "What are we doing with this? This is the coach of the year." But then here comes this guy. Very good pick. Walking me. <laughs> Kelsey, I think we might have the same one here because we talked about this in the DM. Uh, I'm gonna give some credit for my pick to once again my fiance Alana, who threw this one out. Nick Nurse is Ross Matthews. Secretly the most enjoyable part of the show, uh, just like a delight any time they're on screen, and would absolutely look terrible in drag. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Kelsey, did you uh, land on someone else for Nick Nurse, or did you go with uh, Ross Matthews as well? Probably Ross Matthews, maybe a little bit of Bianca Del Rio, because he's sometimes so mean <laughs> to his players, the way that Bianca is to her um, competitors, but... Deep down, you know, it's just like for what's best for them. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I should also mention uh, Sean. You know, I, I do agree that Nick Nurse himself in drag would uh, probably not be such a good look. But for <laughs> Halloween this past year, my costume was a sexy Nick Nurse. Hell yes. <laughs> and uh, basically, the, from the neck down, it was all you know, sexy nurse outfit. But from the, the face up, it was. All Nick, and I was carrying a clipboard and had my patented basketball purse on me. It was, it was, it was uh, pretty on point, I'd say. Please tell me you drew a box and one on your clipboard. <laughs> oh, I, I drew a pick and roll, I believe. A box and one would have been better. <laughs> Um, also, I was watching, I was, again, I'm in the middle of season four All-Stars, and last night, the episode I was watching, Ross was wearing, uh, like, a jacket with, like, poppies on it, and, like, the black lapels, and it looked like something Nick Nurse would definitely wear, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, alright, let's go, yeah, so we've reached the end of the Raptors list, which is, uh, very fun, we've gone very long, so we're just gonna do rapid fire for the remaining comparisons we have, so we can just kind of go... In a circle, we'll start Coco, go Kelsey, then go me, and just throw out a comparison, and then we can uh, quickly discuss and then move on to the next. Sound good? Okay. All right, uh, Coco, you're up. Uh, just give us a non non Raptors comparison. Okay, I've got Kyle Korver. Um, Kyle Korver to me is Derek Barry, who is a Britney Spears impersonator. He's really <laughs> good at one job that they have to do. <laughs> That's great, uh, Kelsey. I have a, um, Kawhi Leonard as Ben De La Creme. 
because you're doing so well and then all of a sudden you want to go home (laughs) see this is where this is where i put sasha actually was for why leonard uh but i see it though and look Interesting. I also have a Kawhi Leonard comparison, and it's Raja. Just, like, robotically good, kind of sneakily funny, but you don't really see it at all times. But when they bust it out, it's like, oh, damn, I didn't know you had that. Uh, And just, like, good at everything and constantly just, like, wiping the floor with the competition. So that's my uh, Raja, Kawhi Leonard is my comparison there. Coco, let's flip it back over to you. Um, Okay, so... We've already brought up this queen, but uh, for Dion Waiters, I have Willem. (laughs) (laughs) Again, somebody who comes out and is just scorching it out there on the runway, but then uh, is eliminated due to a rules infraction, so. (laughs) Uh, Kelsey, over to you. Um, So Evan Fournier is Violet Tchotchke. Mostly because I've never seen them in the same room together, and I'm convinced they're the same person. <laughs> uh, so you said earlier on that you had uh, who was your Valentina? Serge. Serge. Okay, my Valentina, and again credit to my fiance for this one, uh, Kyrie Irving, living in their own universe. Kyrie <laughs> okay. would definitely wear the face mask thing in a lip sync, and then question RuPaul for telling her to take it off and be like what do you mean I'm just gonna wear it. like is, do you really even see my mouth moving or is lip sync actually even an art uh, and just sort of like get really philosophical about the face mask thing and just again totally in their own world you don't know what the hell they're talking about half the time and kind of seems like you wouldn't want to be on their team as was evidenced in the episode I saw last night where uh, Valentina was paired with Naomi Smalls and kind of dragged down the team. And you'd figure with that amount of talent, it'd be much better. But maybe it would have just been better off Naomi Smalls doing everything on, on, their, on their own in that challenge. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's that's where I landed there. Uh, I also had Dion Waiters listed for Valentina as well, but maybe not quite the same comparison as, as Willem, because Willem's perfect. Let's go over now to uh, Coco once again. Okay, um, I'm going to go back now to, uh, to the GOAT. We're going to go to Michael Jordan. So this is where I put RuPaul. Okay. And the reason is RuPaul didn't invent drag, wasn't like the first great drag queen. However, RuPaul is the reason why drag is the way that it is now. Uh, RuPaul elevated the art form of drag, and it is an art form to what it is, and, and has really brought it into the mainstream, and I feel like Michael Jordan really re- represents that era of basketball. That's a good one. Um, and they've probably partied together before. <laughs> oh, oh, 100%. <laughs> I had, uh, like, Bob the Drag Queen and Bianca Del Rio as LeBron and MJ, and I'm not really sure who is who, but those feel like the two most dominant winners of their seasons, so that was why I kind of threw those comparisons out, and then it's kind of like take your pick as to who you think is better. Um, but, uh, Kelsey, over to you. So, for Derek Rose, I had Bibi Zahara Bonet, <laughs> because at one time they were important, and now they're just, like, shitty, annoying humans. <laughs> That's good. On a similar note, I have Tyra Sanchez as Kobe Bryant. Me too. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> Like, yeah, and so, like, 
obviously he got the got the hardware, won the title, but in hindsight, like probably kind of a shitty person. And yeah, also, you also just kind of want them to disappear from the league forever. Now. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and also, you know, looking back on season two, and same with looking back on Kobe's heyday, it's like kind of both relics of an era that is long since passed and don't really fit into the current construct of basketball or drag, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, kind of won it in years where. You know, there there was not like a super team, and those are like those Gasol titles where it's like like the the oh eight oh nine or oh ten or whatever, whatever. Whenever they won, like there was just like no team there to really sort of take them down, and so Kobe was able to sort of rise up with the help of Pau Gasol, um, who I guess we'll call Raven in this situation, and uh, and and take the title. So yeah, Tyra Sanchez is Kobe. I'm glad we agree on that one, Coco, because all of your picks yeah. have been excellent so far. So I feel good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> having uh, one the same as you. The, the Tyra and Kobe comparison is just the uh, insufferable fan bases. Yes. Kobe's got uh, <laughs> super fans who, um, uh, that's all I'll say about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, Tyra still somehow manages to have hers. Yeah. Uh, all right, Coco, I think it's over to your turn. Ooh, who else do I have left? Um, well, uh, have we gotten into LeBron yet? I guess you had mentioned... Bianca Del Rio, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, for LeBron personally, though, I, I had said Shangela, actually. Okay. Um, and the reason, the primary reason is, um, I guess Shangela has, has lost more finals than she's won. There's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, like, on the plus side, Shangela has, has really gone Hollywood, uh, like, is one of the most recognizable queens working today, mm-hmm. and is very active, uh, in the LGBTQ community, um, has received awards for her work with LGBTQ youth and with AIDS activism. And when I look at what LeBron has done uh, with his community in Ohio, you know, founding a school, um, there's really a lot of giving back that I see with both Shangela and LeBron. That's great. I I love that comparison. Kelsey, over to you. Um, So going back to... Raptors and coaches. I had Jamal McGlore as Alyssa Edwards. <laughs> they kind of did their thing in the league the way Alyssa did on Drag Race, and then she just keeps coming back to like coach the other ones. Like <laughs> they're still paying her. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, I have. Oh, okay, this is the one I feel the most strongly about. Shea Coulee is James Harden. Like averaged nice. thirty eight a game her entire season, and then got to the knockout round and just did not stand a chance. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Um, okay, back over to you, Coco. Do you have any left? Um, yes, I believe I just have. Well, I have one, one more left. We've already gone over Valentina a couple times, mm-hmm. but my player comp was actually Devin Booker. I also have um, Devin Booker. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, just Valentina is a queen who. Uh, came out kind of young and inexperienced, but like immediately started dominating and, and playing really well. And uh, I think in her season, uh, there, there was almost like some resentment from the other queens being like, how, how is this possible? And I sort of see some of that with early Devin Booker playing on a team where he was able to drop 70 or, or, or be that kind of volume scorer that he was because uh, what else are you going to do in Phoenix? 
Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but, but even then, like Valentina has since like evolved her game a bit. And I'm seeing that to Devin Booker as as he becomes more mature. The main reason I had Devin Booker as a Valentina comp is that the Valentina's consternation at having to lip sync without a mask is the same as Devin Booker's consternation at getting double team in rec league in the summer. Uh, and, and like, what the hell, we're playing rec league, stop double teaming me. When it's really just trying to improve you and, and help you with your craft. But he yeah. found that to be uh, just an affront to all that he believes to be, you know, in his own little Devin Booker universe, the same way Valentina's in Valentina's own universe. Uh, Kelsey, do you have any left? I have one left, and it's DeMar DeRozan. Okay. And DeMar DeRozan is my Vanessa Vangie Mateo. <laughs> Because DeMar DeRozan, while entertaining for, well, I mean, more than two seasons, Vanjie was, Vanjie entertained us for her first season for one episode, and then all, the whole time during the off-season, we had all those Vanjies, <laughs> and then she came back, but she took it as far as she could, mm-hmm. and then it was time for someone else to step in and take the reins. I like that a lot. <laughs> And you could like, argue the one note element is similar to hitting mid range yeah. jumpers. Yeah, uh, that's the a good. Mars mid mid range is um, Vanjie's sparkly leotard. <laughs> so I have five other non Raptors comparisons left. I'll just run through these quickly since you guys are both out. Uh, I have Latrice Royale as like Mark Jackson. Someone who hates the way the game is played nowadays, refuses to change, was definitely good in their heyday, but kind of uh, is a bit of a relic of the past, and certainly would get on some sort of panel and talk about how much she hates current drag. Uh, And I also have Monique Hart is Patrick Beverly. Kind of a mess all over the place, but ultimately pretty lovable uh, in some sort of weird, unidentifiable way. I have... Manila Luzon as Vince Carter, been around forever, never won the big one, but is just like going to just stay with us until the end of time, apparently. That's uh, a good one. I have uh, Katya, who is my favorite drag queen of all time, uh, is Jonas Valanciunas, Eastern European <laughs> and really funny. <laughs> That's pretty much all I got. Uh, and then I have Aquaria is Luka Doncic, just like just destroying people from an insanely young age and figures to keep doing that for a very, very long time. Um, any thoughts on any of those ones? I just remembered I have another one. Okay. Damari Carroll is Jasmine Master. <laughs> <laughs> because we expected so much from both of them coming in, and they both just were god-awful. <sighs> oh, man, I laughed as hard when you said that now as I did when you sent me the DM, so uh, thanks for that. <laughs> Uh, Coco, do you have any lingering thoughts or, or comparisons you'd like to throw out? Um, uh, yeah, you know, actually, I, I did have a comparison that came to mind when you mentioned Evan Fournier and Violet Chachki never being in the same room. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that DJ Wilson and Evie Oddly might be the same person. <laughs> I'm, again, like, this doesn't have anything to do with game, but I, they, they're strikingly similar. And honestly, okay, that, appearances aside, I think that DJ Wilson would be a stunning drag queen. I'm just gonna. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I also do have some lingering thoughts, like uh, something I, I wanted to say at the beginning of the episode, but I could say it now. Yeah. Just in general about drag. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I mean, of course, as a drag queen, um, speaking on a sports podcast like this, 
I, I realize that there might be some listeners who have never given RuPaul's Drag Race a chance or have never seen a drag show before. And I just wanted to reassure all of our listeners today that enjoying the art form of drag, and again, I, I really do want to emphasize that it is an art form, a means of expression. Enjoying drag, it, it doesn't make you any less of a man. Because, you know, when I started watching Drag Race, I was actually a straight guy, too. But now I'm a gender-fluid drag queen, and you can be one, too. That is, uh... I should say, I, I am joking, of course, that, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race didn't make me gay. Um, <laughs> Rudy Gobert did that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tall, French, uh, impeccable style, and, uh, yeah, what else can I say? Rudy Gobert made me gay. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. No, that's uh, a really great sentiment to, uh, leave it off on, and, uh... Coco, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. This was a very long podcast, and I, I appreciate your time. And uh, I think we're probably good to wrap it there. Kelsey, do you have any parting shots, or should we get the get out of here? I don't. I just want everyone to follow Coco on Twitter and YouTube because her videos are not just Raptors related, but sports related, and they are like some of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, thank you. Kelsey. Like there has not been one where I don't. I'm not like on the floor laughing. Oh well, yeah, you can you can find me. Um, my handle on Twitter and Instagram is at Court Queen Coco, uh, and soon I'm going to be releasing a lip sync number on Instagram that I performed recently. It perfectly encapsulates all of the feels that I've had since losing Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> um, it uh, it goes over the the event that happened back in July of 2019 and. All the way uh, up until December 11th when we had to see him again. Um, so check out my Instagram and see when I drop that. Fantastic. Coco, thank you again so much. This was amazing. Go check out Coco's work. Kelsey, where can people find your work? Uh, you can find me uh, right now. You can find me on Twitter, Kelsey underscore lately. You can find me at Raptors Republic. You can find me at Raptors 905 games all the time. And yeah, that's pretty much it for now. Fantastic. You can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. It's very much appreciated. Helps us with uh, rankings and all that good stuff. And uh, that's going to do it. We'll be back again on Friday with another episode where we'll talk all about the Raptors game against the Miami Heat tonight. And until then, thank you so much. We'll talk to you then in another episode of Locked on Raptors. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.